Welcome to Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Together, we are going to dive deep into mindset, marketing, and finding fulfillment in this beautiful industry. I'm your host, Jody Brown, and I am a hairstylist veteran turned online entrepreneur and mindful marketing mentor just for beauty pros. No topic is off limits. We are going to pull back the curtain and discover the success secrets of hairstylists that are rising. Hi, and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Today's guest is the founder of an incredible membership platform called Independent Beauty Pros, and she has focused on uplifting and empowering independent beauty pros to be their absolute best in the beauty industry. I am so excited to welcome my guest, Lindsay Smith, to the show. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Jody. How are you? I am so good. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I cannot wait to chat about our topic today, which is networking and how you can really lean into it as a strategy to grow your beauty business. Yeah, networking is so crucial. And I think a lot of times in the beauty space, it can feel like this like sticky, intimidating word, but it really, it's so crucial in being successful as an entrepreneur. And I think if we can kind of break that barrier of entry and make networking feel fun and easy and accessible for artists and independent educators, independent coaches, it's just how, um, it's how success comes. It's how we can connect to each other. Yes, absolutely. So I would love to hear about your kind of origin story. What got you into the beauty industry to begin with? Because I know that you worked as a hairstylist before founding Independent Beauty Pros. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, right out of beauty, or right out of high school, actually, I I took an internship. Um, It was a co-op position where I worked in an insurance agency, Um, I was earning some college credits for my program, and initially it seemed like the fast track to adulthood. You know, it seemed like this was the right path for me, and I could kind of get there ASAP. And so my parents were, you know, my parents were thrilled. They were so excited for me to have kind of found a nine-to-five traditional job. Um, My dad was a, a small business owner, and so he very much understood the pain points that come with entrepreneurship. And so I think in his uh, parental guidance, he was trying to steer me away from that. However, um, I think it, it, it was just in, in born in me. It was already in my nature to uh, be an entrepreneur. And so in a very short period of time, I recognized that, that that structure of my career path was just not working. It didn't fit me. Um, and I in that process, connected with a hairstylist who was looking for liability insurance. My job at the time was to kind of intake information for the agents. And so I got to basically ask her all these questions. And she just had such enthusiasm and passion. And she was so excited for her career. And I felt like, well, I am not feeling that way currently. And that is absolutely a value of mine. I want to make sure that whatever I'm doing provides me with a, a passion, a love for, for my day-to-day. And so I actually, that day on my lunch break, I went and toured our beauty school. And I, I actually signed up that day. I came back and I gave my two weeks notice. And so it was just, I think, again, it was something I had been interested in. My aunt owned a salon growing up. Um, but then I kind of steered away from it. And once I came back to it and put my feet in that direction, it just made perfect sense for me that that was, that was the path, that was the calling. 
I love that. Um, it's so interesting to hear because I talk to so many hairstylists to hear how we all got into the industry in such different and interesting ways. And it's always so much fun to hear about the how people kind of got their start. So obviously, things have changed a lot since that day that you were in insurance and then yeah. registered for beauty school. <laughs> so what did it look like for you once you had made the leap? Where Where did your career trajectory take you after that? Sure. Yeah. So I went to a Paul Mitchell school in Michigan where I'm from, and it was, it was an amazing experience. Um, great education structure, so much focus around community, so much focus around mentorship and learning from others, learning from other artists. Um, but I knew that I didn't want to be in a small community. And so I actually, right after graduation, getting my license, I moved to Chicago from Michigan and, and that was a huge stepping stone for me. Um, I was young. I was only 20. I didn't know anyone in Chicago. It was just I knew I needed to be in a big city. And so I started first working at a small four-chair commission-based salon. I learned so much in my time there with um, some of the artists. Again, I, I was in a space that felt very family-focused, very community-focused. We were all – I mean, we hung out socially outside of working together. Um, and so I had such a sense of – belonging and community there. Um, but eventually my business grew, you know, I, I had built a clientele. My focus at the time was on uh, texture. I had went out and trained in New York City to kind of really get a better understanding of curly and wavy hair textures. Um, and so that built my business really quickly. Mm-hmm. And then in that same focus, I, I started to do a lot of event photo shoot work, wedding, bridal. Um, and so it kind of felt like I hit a ceiling. I think that was Maybe around 2010, 11, I started to feel that way. And I think that was when it became clear that being on my own, being independent, would give me the opportunities to take on whatever projects kind of felt best. Um, and so I left that commission salon. And and I remember on my last day kind of giving my key to, to the owner. And I felt so sad to be leaving because there was, there was nothing in that space that I didn't love. It was just that my, my growth had kind of put me in a different direction. And so um, I remember him saying, you know, there's always a space here for you. You know, you can always come back. And so that was such a great um, experience for me to kind of know that leaving and becoming independent doesn't have to mean that we don't see the value in commission-based structures. You know what I mean? There's still so much potential in, in being a young artist, learning from people who have so much experience in the business category specifically. So when I when I went into being independent, I will admit I I did not anticipate what a loss it would be to not have that sense of community anymore. It was so um jarring because I thought for sure I would I actually rented at a, a salon that had other independent artists. And so I thought like, oh great, like we'll have community and camaraderie and we'll be able to kind of learn from each other, mostly me because I, you know, very green, kind of stepping into this new chapter. And it was uh, a quick realization that that was not that was not the case. And so, again, I think in that that was in 2012 that first kind of jump, and I felt so um, taken back by the the thought that there wouldn't just be community already accessible, um, and that would really take some effort to build that community and to find like minded people. Um, so that's really again, I think. Even in those early days, obviously, IBP wasn't even an idea yet. It wasn't even a thought in my head. But I did recognize the pain point that came from connecting to other solopreneurs, um, especially like-minded solopreneurs. 
Yeah, and I think that honestly, the beauty industry was kind of a different place to even 10 years ago. I do yeah. feel that over the past decade, especially, I mean, obviously, when you were in a salon, it was different. But I do feel like we have embraced almost recently that idea of community over competition and being able to be in a community with people that are outside of the salons that we work mm -hmm. at or the spaces that we're already in. Um, so I think that the the concept of IVP is so timely and just such a great idea for that reason. People are finally yeah. starting to see the value in that community aspect. Absolutely. And I think, again, even, even in that stage of my career, I remember I actually hosted a couple meetup events. I like literally listed meetup events that said, you know, beauty professionals happy hour, you know, basically just like if you are a beauty related business, uh, come have a drink with me so that I can meet literally anyone else who is like-minded and try to kind of start building this community. And again, that was in a major city. Chicago is a major yeah. city. And if it was challenging for me, I, I can't imagine had I stayed in my small town in Michigan, you know, how much more challenging it would be. And I think honestly, going through what we've experienced in the last 15, 16 months, I think that has brought the accessibility for us to digitally connect, for us to virtually create community. And that is where the timing of IBP just couldn't be better. You know, we launched April 2020, COVID hit in March. And so it was just such a, it was, it was like divine timing. Absolutely. So can you tell me a little bit more about the inception of IBP and kind of how, how you, a decided to really pull the trigger on it and then also what what kind of led to you feeling like okay this is it this is I'm gonna launch this online platform like this is gonna be the thing sure um so it was definitely not a straight line path there was definitely a a lot of um kind of ups and downs and curves between the concept of the idea and April when we launched um, so I actually purchased the domain for IBP in 2018. Um, and so I had the idea at that point that there should be an easier way to find independent artists. Um, I felt like, again, even on social platforms, you know, you can find other artists by searching maybe hashtags or keywords. Um, but to first find someone who is specifically a solopreneur, so spe specifically, let's say a suite or, you know, salon or spa, suite, renter or owner, um, where you could really kind of, um, you know, brainstorm different ideas or come up with solutions to challenges that really relate just to the solopreneur when you're wearing all of the hats, but the business needs are all really similar. Um, so that was kind of the first thought process was like, this should just be easier. You know, I should be able to just find independent artists. And then from that, it was sort of like, what would that independent artist want? What would be important to them to be able to connect? You know, yes, being able to connect to someone like you, Jody, on the platform is valuable, but then what else would they want to see? And I think what, what really stood out to me and what didn't exist was a collaborative concept of education and resources. So instead of having just maybe me, Lindsay, as a coach saying, this is what's worked for me and my business behind the chair. This is what I've implemented. This is what I would suggest. This is what I've coached my, 
you know, clients on that has helped them in their business. Instead, it was like, okay, this is what I've done. And then this is what, what Jody's done. And this is what Misty's done. And this is what Joanna's done. And so then it's all of a sudden this collaborative space where like, okay, this might really work well for you, but it might not at all work for someone else. So that was really the key point of difference that I saw. And what we were creating was that we were bringing on content from other experts and kind of creating this space where everyone can provide their area of experience, their area of expertise. And that collaboration piece is what really sets our platform apart. So that idea in 2018, it felt like like maybe we would do some in-person events. You know, maybe IBP would be the Chicago-based business where quarterly we would host in-person events and bring key speakers to talk about whatever it might be that the topic was of relevance to the solopreneur. And then I actually went through some personal stuff in 2018. And so that really, that made me have to really reevaluate like what my career options were at the time. Uh And it really, it, it also impacted my sense of you know, securities, my sense of self, my right. my fear kind of started to come into play. Like, well, wait a second, this is a really big idea. You can't, you can't do this. You don't know anything about building a community. You don't have a tech background. Like, so a lot of self-doubt came up for me in that, that chapter of my life. And so that inevitably impacted the launch of, of this idea. So I sat on it for quite a while um, and then COVID hit. So 2020 came. Um, at that time, the platform was built out. So I had already made all the investments to have everything behind the, the scenes done. I had worked with a web designer, a web developer, a graphic designer. All of those pieces were in place, but I hadn't done anything with it. I had literally just sat on it for years at that point. So COVID happened and all of a sudden it was like, okay, your business is shut down. You're not going to be behind the chair with clients for, again, at the time, I think we all thought it was going to be, you know, a few weeks. And so I thought, okay, now is the time, like launch it and see what happens. You're, this is the the only time you're going to have this much free time to be able to really put into whatever this looks like. And so again, it, it was so, the timing, it, I don't know, had we launched in 2018, I don't even know if we would have had the momentum that we had early on because of the time frame, because of what was going on within our industry, especially. Um, so again, I think it's just always interesting when, with hindsight, when you look back and it's like, everything, everything has its own time. <laughs> and when I you know, totally, <laughs> I totally crazy. agree. And I think that listening to your story, so many uh, so many of my listeners are going to be able to relate to parts of that. And I know that we've talked about this before, but I 100% to relate to a lot of that too. And even to the extent of that imposter syndrome, when you have such yeah. a big idea and you're like, can I really do this? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> is this really something that I can pull off? So I love <laughs> that you, you know, you've had, I think it's so relatable to share that you've had these doubts because Whenever we have big ideas, that's always there behind the scenes, right? And people see the success happening and, you know, that overnight success, quote unquote, but I love, it's so refreshing to hear you share the, what kind of went into that and the behind the scenes. Absolutely. There's, there is no such thing as overnight success. So again, it's, it's so easy to see other other people's successful outcomes, but it's a lot of times it is hard to 
um, to realize all of the work and effort and maybe even all the setbacks and maybe some trauma that came before that success. So yeah, imposter syndrome was so real for me. It's still so real for me. It's still something that I'm, that I constantly have to do work on. But I think again, trusting the timing of, of things bigger than ourselves and trusting that, um, you know, what's meant, what's meant for you is, is yours. And so that was something again, for me, I remember actually in March, in March of 2020, when I knew, okay, I'm not going to be working for a moment. I have this platform. I have this, this idea. What would I have to do to execute it? And, and for me, my first um, like decision was to hire a tech-based business coach, somebody who had some understanding to the areas of what it was that I was trying to create that I had no knowledge of, no experience with. And so that was, again, um, like really this moment for me that was like, okay, either do this or let someone else, you know, let this idea go because it is a good idea and it is necessary and it is going to impact other people and help people in their business. And it, it's, it should be happening. So either do it or let it go so that someone else can, because that was, again, it it really, for me became this crossroads of like, okay, what, what is fear serving me with right now? You know, what, what, does that bring for me to sit on something and not do it because of fear, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, I mean, sometimes it gets to the point where it's like, what's scarier, taking the leap or the regret that's going to happen if you Mm -hmm. don't? Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely, again, at the time I didn't recognize, um, I didn't recognize even the, the scale at which this community is and can continue to grow. Um, and so it really, it's an, it's evolving. It's an evolving, uh, process of imposter syndrome, of getting over fear, of stepping into, um, new identities, new roles that, that made me feel a little intimidating Mm -hmm. early on. Um, I stepped away from being behind the chair, um, just about six months after I launched. And that was again, another huge, decision, another huge, um, it came, a lot of things came up in that decision. You know, what am I, what was my purpose? What am I, what will I do if this doesn't work out? What am I, you know, emotionally letting go of by not having connection from clients behind the chair? You know, there's so many pieces that, um, developed in that, that period of time. But once I, once I recognize that this is, this is a big idea, it is a big platform, it is a big community, it has a lot of potential, but what is necessary is for me to show up with my whole heart and, and lean into that calling and that desire to help other entrepreneurs, to help other solopreneurs navigate their businesses in a way that I wasn't able to when I first started. And so coming back to that why all the time makes those decisions easy, no matter what fear looks like, no matter what self-doubt comes up. It makes it easy when you focus on the why. Oh, that is so true. And I know like as an educator, I think that that is the thing that is so important to focus on because there's always going to be, it's always going to be comfier to kind of step back into your shell and hide a little bit. Right. Whereas if you think about the impact that you're having and the people that you're helping, um, my first ever business coach actually told me to keep what she called a love notes folder in my phone. For the days that come up that are really difficult because they do come up as an entrepreneur without fail. We all have hard days. And just seeing the impact that you've made, big or small, for other people in our industry 
is oftentimes just that fuel you need to keep going. Um, But I could totally chat on this topic (laughs) all day, but I know we want to get into some actionable um, kind of tips and tricks as far as networking, why and how it can really, really boost your business. So I'm really excited to hear your take on this and some of the tips and tricks that you have for my listeners. Absolutely. I think, again, networking is just such a cornerstone. It's been so impactful for me in my business, even with all of the different pivots that I've that I've made. And I think that's something, again, for, for artists, it sometimes just feels so intimidating and it really doesn't have to be. And there are a lot of ways that you can incorporate more networking into your business in a way that feels really comfortable and, and almost kind of like fulfilling. Yeah, absolutely. So where do you think that if, if there's someone listening to this, which I'm sure there is, that is an independent beauty pro who's like, you know what, I'm convinced I need to start networking. How, what's, what's the way to start? How do you step into that? Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing I would think about what, like, what is your motivation in networking? Like, what do you want to do? Do you want to, to build more of a clientele? Like, are you looking to fill your books? And if so, if that's the focus, then maybe you're looking at joining a local group, a local networking group. Um, in Chicago, when I was in the process still of building my business behind the chair and wanting more clients, um, I joined a women's focused business group. Um, and so the members in the group were across the board in different industries. So real estate, um, financial advising, personal styling. I offered obviously hairstyling. And so we were able to do a lot of cross referral and collaboration. And it really helped me build my book very quickly. So if that's the goal, if you're looking to specifically build more clients, um, more of your dream clients, ideal clients, maybe look within your community, maybe like a chamber of commerce or something where you can get involved with other people geographically in your area who would be interested in your services. Um, So that would always be kind of my first question is like, what does, what do you want to gain out of networking and really asking like specific needs in your business that you want to fulfill. Um, And then when, for me, when I got to the point where my My book was full. My clients were wonderful. I loved the business that I had built, but I was looking to really kind of connect with other, um, maybe other mentors, people who were beauty industry related, who could help me um, grow and scale, whatever that would look like. And again, this was before IBP was even an an idea or thought. Um, But then it was kind of like, okay, how do I connect to to people who have went further in the beauty industry. Maybe they're salon owners or spa owners, or maybe they have built a team of traveling artists, you know, whatever that might look like. Um, and so that, for me, the way that I really started to develop relationships with that was by kind of reaching out directly to artists who own businesses, who were involved with other projects or ideas, and basically volunteered to assist, to help, to shadow, whatever it might look like so that I could just kind of be in their aura, you know, learn from whatever it was that they had going on. Um, So again, it's sort of looking at where in your business you want to expand and grow. Um, And then once you have a really clear idea on that, looking at who can help you get there, you know, is it by building a clientele because then you're generating more revenue and then that can help you scale your business? Or is it kind of more strategic 
mentors, people who you can really learn some like wisdom-based things to help you expand in your business, maybe not so much in the technical space, but in the the business building piece. Yeah, I think that's so important to, you know, I talk about this with marketing, same with networking. It's start with your why, start with your goal. And I think that's really brilliant advice. Yeah. I I also think, again, this was for me how this platform really started to generate. When you look at um, like educators and coaches, you know, there are now so many different educators, so many different coaches in the beauty space. I think we still have such a need for more, but that that is something still when you're looking at, okay, maybe I really struggle with, let's use social media and branding. Maybe my bookkeeping skills or my accounting skills, maybe I've got that figured out, but I really need to figure out a marketing strategy. So that's, again, I think that kind of networking includes those pieces, networking with educators, networking with coaches, people who can provide the um, you know, the mentorship in the category of focus that you need specifically. That's what I love actually about the IBP platform too, because it is just the, the community is like holistic. So it, it's the independent beauty pros. It's also educators, coacher, coaches, all the things. And yep. I do love how it's all kind of like mingled together. And like you said, that way you can, you know, kind of get to know people before you decide to work with them. Or, you know, maybe you just want to kind of go surface level on certain things and go deeper on other things. I really love that opportunity. Yeah. Yep. And again, that's networking is our cornerstone. That's our foundation. That's what we are putting out as a a problem to solve, um, making that approachable and easy. And so that to me is how that's done. It's by bringing on members like you who have an area of expertise that maybe a different coach or educator does not have. And so then it allows an artist to kind of look and say, oh man, yeah, that is what I really need to focus on. I really do need some extra support around that. I can actually directly connect with this person in a really like non-intimidating way, you know? So I think that's definitely, that's like the, the next piece of networking Again, I think because of what we've experienced with the pandemic, now being able to network digitally, virtually, I think that is just a huge opportunity because you can learn so much from people, obviously in your area, your community, that is a huge piece, but then also from people around the country, around the world, you know, you're in Canada, I'm in the US. And so being able to start connecting with other people outside of just your, you know, your space. Scope. I think that's just such a huge piece too. And that's really where um, I think for me, the light bulb went off that we were, we were sitting on a really good idea that this was actually a really expandable idea because now those opportunities to connect are, are so easy virtually. Yeah. And I think that after the past like couple years that we've all been through, people are craving that human connection more than ever. Yeah. Absolutely. The last thing I want to share about networking that I think is a a missed opportunity that more people should get involved with um, in order to really grow their business, but also for that piece of connection that you mentioned. Um, So for me in Chicago, I started volunteering with a nonprofit that provided beauty services to patients undergoing medical care. So for me, that was such a huge piece. I actually, I got involved with it first as um, a a connection that I had made with a friend, somebody who I loved what she was doing. I loved her why. I loved why she was wanting to give back to these patients. Um, And so it was a, a natural pull for me to get involved. But from that, 
because we were pampering patients, a lot of the volunteers were hairstylists, makeup artists, people connected to the beauty space. And so that really quickly built my network um, of other beauty professionals. And so I think, again, really looking at nonprofits or charity organizations that give back in a meaningful way for you, whatever that looks like for you as an individual. I think that's a huge piece that is sometimes forgotten about. We all know it's very beneficial to give back to others. We all know that we want to contribute in that capacity. But really, when you think about what that what that leads to in terms of networking, the connections that you build from that that piece are so valuable. So that's why, again, I mean, we host monthly virtual networking events where we're, we have ticketed prices that literally give back to our nonprofit beneficiaries. So we're not taking any of that profit from those events, but we're allowing artists to come virtually network, connect with other people, and then all of the ticket proceeds benefit our nonprofit. So it's, again, those little pieces are really impactful in the networking space. And it can feel a lot more approachable and comfortable if you know that you're doing something really great and you're making a difference for someone else. Yes, absolutely. Oh, I just love that. And I I did notice that was one of the things actually that drew me to IVP was when I looked and I saw that you had such a focus on um, your nonprofit partner. It was it was everywhere. When I looked at your page, I was like, this is amazing that you're putting so much of your platform into supporting um, your nonprofit partners. I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, it's it's really important to me as a person, as an individual, and it's really important to IBP as our, our business grows, as our community grows. And I think that's something that sometimes people feel like they don't know how to get involved with, with nonprofits or they don't know what to do. They want to do something, but they don't know exactly what that something might be. And so I think when we, again, now we have this opportunity to virtually give back. It's something that, again, I don't, I don't know prior to 2020, I don't know that many of us thought about that piece. And now it's, it's actually really easy to connect with nonprofits and charities and organizations that speak to you and your soul and your passion and, and what you care about in, in your value system. Yeah, and you're absolutely right when you say that it's such an approachable way to be able to get involved and make a difference. So what is next for IVP? I would love to hear what you've got in the pipeline, if there's anything you can share. Yeah, we so we have a ton of stuff coming up. Um, This has been such a fun professional journey for me because I feel like every time I think I have a really good grasp on the direction that our platform is going and our community is growing in, something new, some new opportunity presents itself. And then it totally like shakes it all up and I start all over in that vision process. (laughs) So um, as you know, I was, I was recently on a a television show. Um, It was focused on entrepreneurship um, and I made some profound connections in that opportunity. So um, we're now actually developing an app. That's a big piece of our platform that I've been um, kind of subtly focused on. But after this experience, I was actually able to connect with some really influential people in that space that have now helped me hone in on what that will look like and what that technology piece of our platform could be and the potential that that has to really help um, expand our community as quickly as possible. Um, And then also we're really, I mean, I know that we all have so many fears around the pandemic and there's so much uncertainty. We don't know what's going to come, but our big focus coming into 2022 is to start to be able to really host more in-person opportunities for networking. You know, as we grow geographically into other 
states and now countries, it's really important to make sure that that piece is accessible. Um, so that's really a big piece for us. We're, we're going to be hosting our first retreat in November. Um, our focus for that retreat is going to be on mobile businesses um, and as they pertain to the beauty industry. So um, I'm in the process of building out a Ford Transit high roof van. It's one of the most fun but most challenging <laughs> projects I've ever taken on. <laughs> and that includes IBP. I would say that that van is, has been more of a challenge for me <laughs> than this entire platform. Um, but it's been a lot of fun. And I think there's a lot of opportunity in the beauty industry to take your services mobile. Um, so we've collaborated with um, two other mobile businesses. We're going to be dropping information on ticket options to attend that retreat very soon. Um, and yeah, that's something that we really want to start kind of focusing on in the, in the next few years, how to kind of bring more retreats, events that are focused around the needs of the independent beauty professional. I love that. I know for one, I am very excited for in-person being able to both speak and educate in person and also attend. I am very excited. And I know that lots of us are feeling that way. So yeah, <laughs> hopefully absolutely. we can safely do so soon. <laughs> hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today, Lindsay. This has been such a great conversation and I've loved hearing about both your personal journey and all of the amazing advice you've had for my listeners. Um, so where, because I know after this episode, people are going to want to come and connect with you and learn more about IBP. Where can people do that? Yeah. So in terms of social platforms, um, Instagram is, is probably where you'll find us uh, connecting most frequently. So our handle is at independent beauty pros. Um, and then again, through our website, independentbeautypros.com, that's where you can learn a little bit more about our platform. Um, and I love to set up calls. If you have any questions, please send me a DM and I would love to set up a 30-minute call and walk you through some of the private member benefits that we have so that you can really see um, the impact that our platform can have in helping you grow your business, especially when it comes to networking and community. Well, thank you again for being here. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Don't forget there is still time to win a $100 gift card to anywhere you would like online. All you have to do is leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We'll see you back here. Same place, same time next week.